Welcome to Reapproaching Christ, the podcast where we love the scriptures and bring you contemporary insights into the scriptures and Christ's perfect messages for our day. I'm your host, Dr. John Dunn. Welcome back to the podcast where we are reapproaching Christ and unwrapping his perfect practical influences in our lives. Uh, throughout the scriptures, you know, we're encouraged to ask, seek, and knock to gain spiritual knowledge, peace, Christ's gifts, his strength, and so forth. And we're constantly offered this additional light. And that light is a metaphor. It's a metaphor for knowledge and spiritual power and all good things. Now, the Savior's repeatedly assured us, if we'll only ask correctly for the right reasons, his light will be given unto us. And that means that all of us with a sincere desire to receive will continue to accumulate that additional knowledge and that understanding which we seek so desperately. Additionally, the scriptures instruct us that those who have already received will continue to receive even more. If you look at Matthew 25, verse 29, that assures us, and I quote, for unto everyone that is received, they shall be given more and shall have an abundance, end quote. Now that's a great promise, that there's no end to this spiritual basket that's filled with all of Christ's grace, his gifts, his counsel, his commandments. And all we got to do is dive in, seek it, ask for it, and it'll be delivered to us. And that is so unlike receiving like the physical commodities of the world. Anything the world can provide that's a physical commodity. Think about this. There's no limit to Christ's spiritual resources and his strengths. But unlike physical resources, there's no spiritual mercantilism. Now, if you remember mercantilism, that is this theory where there's a static amount of wealth in the world. So if you get 30% of it, it's only 70% left for the rest. Christ has put no limitations whatsoever on the amount of knowledge, light, and counsel that you can personally receive. Unlike economic mercantilism, where if you receive that portion of the world, silver or gold or platinum, it leaves even less for me to be able to obtain. Nobody can ever limit your ability to receive an unbounded quantity of Christ's spirit. It stems from his infinite storehouse of spiritual resources. There's more than enough for everybody who's seeking it. Now, you may not be aware, and it's kind of a mouthful. In the world of economics, this discipline of economics, where they come up with economic laws to try and describe human emotion and and behavior and the markets, there exists this law that's defined, that's termed the diminishing marginal utility law. Now, that's a mouthful, but it's a reasonably simple concept to understand. Diminishing marginal utility. Utility is usefulness. It's the usefulness of a commodity or product to you, the individual. And this law of diminishing utility describes human behavior in terms of the accumulation of these useful items that we have in our lives. For instance, say you have a need, you're hungry, and you look forward to eating this big sandwich. So you go to the sandwich store, after you consume a sandwich, your hunger is reduced. That sandwich had great utility. It was useful to you to quench your hunger. So now you exhibit this diminished level of hunger. You might only be willing to buy another half a sandwich, half an additional sandwich. And if you consume that second sandwich, that relieves your hunger entirely. So it still provides some utility. But now your satisfaction level is going down with those sandwiches. 
your appetite for additional foods basically eliminated. Another sandwich would be of very little use to you. That's the marginal utility. The utility has decreased. You're currently satisfied, no longer desire to acquire the additional sandwich. That potential usefulness has now been eliminated. So you've surpassed the ability of additional sandwiches to be of utility or satisfy you. That represents your index of satisfaction related to any physical commodity that you can accumulate. Sooner or later, you reach this point that any additional units of the commodity are no longer a blessing. It's like having an extra freezer in your garage. Everybody says, oh, if I only had an extra freezer in the garage, it'd be great for parties. It would be wonderful in the holidays when the kids come home. So you go and you get a, a freezer. And then the freezer salesman says, hey, you know, I can get you another freezer for half price. You're going, oh, another freezer. That'd be That'd probably be great, you know, so you buy a half-price freezer. Now you got two full freezers, but you've really only filled up one freezer and maybe a third of the next one. And then the, the salesman calls you back and says, oh, by the way, this week it's three for two. I can get you yet another freezer. So now you got three freezers in your, in your garage. And the third one, it's just sitting there empty. It's sucking up electricity. It's taking up room in your garage. You can't get your car and your bikes in anymore. It has gone down in marginal utility to zero. It's more of a burden than a blessing. And when it comes to sandwiches, if you go beyond that hunger phase, then you're just adding to the burden on your body. You, you have to all those extra calories to carry around. Now you can become addicted to food if you go past all of the usual measures to stop you from eating, right? So this utility always decreases. In fact, if you go beyond the, the marginal utility of an item, you become obsessed with it, you can become addicted to it, and it becomes absolutely detrimental to you. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is in stark contrast to that. That model of physical accumulation or usage and satisfaction. Those of us who are reapproaching Christ really desire to continually accumulate additional spiritual riches, right? Once we felt Christ's spirit and his unbounded love, our desire for more of that love and more of that light will never be satisfied. We want more and more of it. In fact, his light not only satisfies your immediate needs, it encourages you to ask and seek and knock for even more. And that's what the Christ, his Christ's program for you, his scriptures, all of the counsel that he gives says to seek more light. He never says, okay, be satisfied with what you've got. No, become more like me. Learn more of me. Follow me even more. You're always encouraged to ask, seek, and knock for even more light. So our desire to become more like him becomes this perpetual driving force in our lives. As the scriptures indicate, the more light we have, the more light will be given in a continuing spiral upwards of enlightenment. So we'll never reach a point of diminishing utility regarding spiritual gifts and grace from Christ. His utility never diminishes. That's very important to understand. We should always desire more and more. His light is always going to be practical. It always has a practical usefulness, a utility in our life. And more importantly, all the spirit, love, insight, and the strength that Christ embodies provides us with practical utility that never wanes. It goes forward for our whole lives if we follow these counsels. So the more light we receive, the closer we approach Christ's perfect attributes. 
So think about all these attributes that you'd like to accumulate and develop and be able to express in your life. That blesses us and blesses those that we serve with this endless reserve of useful gifts. Now, that's true utility that never diminishes. So one of our great challenges, right, in this mortal life is to bridle our passions, control our appetites. In Matthew 26, verse 41, we're reminded to, quote, watch and pray that we enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, unquote. There are tons of temptations out there. The Savior knows only too well that when faced with temptations of physical appetites, we can often stray beyond the appropriate bounds and overindulge, even with food, so that we consume more substance than is prudent or useful. The substances that provide no positive utility anymore. That desire for immediate satisfaction extends beyond the bounds of wisdom, and an appetite can become an addiction. That's true for alcohol, recreational drugs, pain meds, food, degrading music or degrading media, things you shouldn't even be watching and listening to. Those items actually become extremely harmful, and they draw us away from the spirit, and they provide no positive utility. Their effects are not utilitarian, but they lead to a consuming focus of excess indulgence. So that detracts from our true identity and our purpose in life to become more Christ-like. When you read in James, James is the practical gospel, right? Chapter 1, verse 23. It talks about looking in the mirror and beholding ourselves, but then walking away unchanged. Now, you look in the mirror, you should never just shrug, accept what you see outwardly, and turn away unchanged. Because, ah, that's just John. That is not the gospel principle. That's an anti-gospel principle. An antichrist would give you that. They would say, oh, look in the mirror. Oh, good enough, right? Ah, that's just John. You know, he's he's just, you know, ordinary some days. He's dismissive of people. No, that's a chance to take an inventory and repent, to look at yourself in this new light, to look at yourself as a child of God and say, look, Christ has these attributes. He has told me to ask, seek, and knock, and he will answer and give me more light. This opportunity to recognize ourselves as a child of God perform this reflective self-inventory, determine where we need to improve, and then go forward, asking, seeking, and knocking to receive that promised light and those necessary Christ-like attributes to refine ourselves. So you're not like the the brute beast that the scriptures talk about. You don't want to be a brute beast. You want to be refined. And that's the greatest utility of all. Now, there's a great example of this in Peter. It's this linear Additive process. Peter says in chapter one, quote, you should be the partakers of the divine nature. Now, what's that divine nature? That's everything that Christ embodies, his character, his personality, his attributes. And here, Peter, I don't know if this is Peter's personal journey, but he talks about it as if it is. And he says, you start out giving diligence to your faith. All diligence. That means we really have to work on these things. You can desire them, but grace needs this desire and it needs practice. Again, Malcolm Gladwell talking about the 10,000 hour rule. If you practice anything for 10,000 hours, real diligent practice, that's what it takes to become an expert at something, whether it's playing the violin or becoming a surgeon or baking and cooking, 10,000 hours to become really expert at it. So these are the things 
that Christ would have us do to become more like him. And I did break that down. The 10,000 hours, that's one hour a day for 29 years. Do we pray every day for an hour? Are we reading our scriptures for an hour a day? To be the recipients of these great gifts, we really have to work at. So to become very, very sensitive to the Spirit, to receive God's messages, to get revelation through the Holy Ghost, we really need to put in our 10,000 hours. So let's, let's start today, right? So give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. This is Peter talking about the additive process. When you work on one of these refined attributes like faith, others are added to it. And they all interact with each other. Here's Peter's list. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. To knowledge, add temperance. But boy, do we need that today. We all need to be more temperate. Temperance is like patience. It's restraint. It's not going after the world and being agitated and violent like the world is towards you. Have temperance. To temperance, add patience. Doesn't patience help you add to the temperance? Doesn't that help you be more civil? Civility is an incredibly important attribute of Christ. You add to the patience godliness. Add to the godliness brotherly kindness. So you're more accepting of people, like Walt Whitman said, right? Be curious, not judgmental. Find out what's behind that cruel, crass word that somebody said to you. Somebody cutting you off in traffic, you have to go, what in the world's wrong in their life that they caused them to act like that? Our kindness leads to charity. And he says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this week in prayer, as you do your self-inventories, as you try and improve your Christ-like attributes, as you seek for his grace, you ask, you seek, you knock, right? This week in prayer, let your Heavenly Father know that you appreciate the light you've already received. Be thankful for that. And say, I can't wait to receive more, Father. I can't wait. Have a great week seeking additional light as we reapproach Christ and seek for his everlasting influence and utility in our lives. He is absolutely useful. Every bit of knowledge, every bit of light, Every counsel, every commandment is made to be useful. The highest degree of never-ending utility. Unlike the world, we don't get diminishing utility with Christ. We get increasing utility. Thanks for listening to Reapproaching Christ. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next podcast. I'm Dr. John Dunn.